of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this real...
What a great opportunity to be with our church family here and for those of you that are watching online. We just love getting together in the presence of the Lord and uh, for Him to do great and mighty things. Father, we thank you for your mighty hand that is upon each and every one of us tonight. We thank you for the work that you just that you do in us, through us, and through us. And Lord, it is our honor and privilege to bless your holy name. We praise you, Lord, and give you the glory. Amen, amen, amen. Let's worship together. And let's stand together. Are you ready to worship in this house today? You came to set the captives free. You came to bring us liberty. Met your blood, my acceptance. Now I'm alive to bring you praise. When the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. Oh, yes, there is. When the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. Oh, yeah. Every change.
I want you to see him. I want you to credit him with every single thing that you have been made free from. I want you to see that he's already paid the price. You don't need to be paying penance for the devil's work. You don't owe him nothing, nothing, nothing. You don't owe the devil a single thing. You just have to love and God. Keep your relationship fresh. And then your focus will change to what he called you to. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails All my days I've been held in your hands And from the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head down I will sing of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful, oh yes, Lord. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your Lord. You have led me through the fire in the darkest night. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend.
praise you for your goodness, oh God. You are a good God. And greatly to be praised. Blessed be your name, oh Lord God Almighty. King of kings and Lord of lords. You are the great I am. The healer, the savior, the deliverer. the bright and morning star. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. I have defeated every enemy. I have made a way for you because I am the way maker. And I've brought you to this place a house of victory, a house of triumph. So you are my champion. You are on my side. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you were struggling getting over, you just got to push. Hallelujah. God wants to get you over. Amen. Glory to God. Well, you may have your seats if you can. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Praise the Lord. It's a good place to be. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to VCF. Can you all feel the presence of God right now? Like, it is so, so thick in here. Whew. Okay. Tomorrow. Today's Wednesday, right? Tomorrow, Thursday, we have Bible Adventure. And that's for grades 3 through 5 during the school year. They come and enjoy the presence of God here at church for an hour during the school week. How awesome is that? Okay. Saturday. Okay, Saturday we have the youth breakfast, and that's on the second Saturday of the month, and it's from 9 to 11. Um, I'm going to be teaching on Romans 1 and all about the power of the gospel, and we're making breakfast burritos. It's going to be fabulous. So invite all the youth to come. It's going to be a great time. It is, we get fed very well physically and spiritually. And then after the Palmyra Square, no, after the breakfast, we have the Palmyra Square. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, So we play worship music, signature worship team music, down at the Palmyra Square. We hold signs. 
cars and trucks honk their horns. We just minister the gospel to people, and we have a wonderful time, right, showing the love of Jesus in our community and telling them all about VCF. So you are welcome to join us for any amount of time if you are able to, or if you're driving around doing errands, you can beep your horn at us too. Okay. And then on the Sunday, the 21st, so that's like, what, 10 days from now, 11? The 21st, Sunday, okay? We have book club happening, and we have two book clubs happening at the same time. (laughs) Our theme of double-double, we are increasing. So we have the ladies' book club happening in the kitchen and the men's book club happening in the upper room. And that is after service to about 2 p.m. And for the women's book club, we are studying Dr. Fiona's book, The Confident You, which you can get on Amazon. And for the men's book club, they're studying the outdoorsmen. And even if you don't have the book, just come and enjoy fellowship as we discuss biblical principles and, like, build relationships. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. (laughs) And then, just as a reminder, save the date for the women's conference that's coming up. I know. It's so exciting. That is April 19th and April 20th, and early bird pricing ends February 1st. So you have this whole month to get in and get the early bird special, and it's going to be awesome. The theme is building your house with purpose, and it's all about legacy and how to build your house and build your environment and your surroundings, and I'm so excited for it. So I encourage everybody to sign up. Okay. I think that's it. (laughs) Well, glory to God. This is Wednesday night refreshing. And I just want to read that scripture from Acts 3, verse 19. This is what our Wednesday nights are based on. It says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Aren't you glad for times of refreshing? They come directly from his presence. Amen. So there is a stream here, and uh, it moves. Hallelujah. And we just want to get in the stream and in the flow. Of course, you're giving. You can give any time tonight. If you're watching online, you can give uh, through our website. If you need a card, you go to the bookstore. And we just thank you for your giving. Father, we just bless the givers and their gifts, and we call them prosperous, protected, and provided for by you. And Lord, we just give you thanks and praise. It's our privilege to give, and we just receive from you good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. You cause men to give into our bosom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're building some faith giants. Amen? Amen. We're building strong faith. Been doing it since uh, the beginning of the year. And tonight we're going to focus on faith that endures. Faith that endures. You know, God has given us a strong faith. And it is practical for every area of life. And it endures. It perseveres. And it overcomes. Hallelujah. Do we have kids? Oh, yeah? Okay, sorry. Well, let's take care of our kids, amen? 
So our teachers, we're going to dismiss our kids for our kids' life. Hallelujah. Thank you. I didn't see yellow there, so that's good. Praise the Lord. You know, the faith that God gives you is not a flash in the pan. It's not weak in any way. But it can stand up. It's steadfast. Immovable. Unshakable. And it gets you through till you reach your goal. I want you to go to the book of James, chapter 1. And this is where we're going to be looking at tonight. Hallelujah. It's good to get your daily dose of scriptures. Hopefully these aren't the only scriptures that you get today. Little scriptures with the milk of the word makes the body grow. Amen. And uh, James gives us some qualities about faith that endures. And, uh, you know, James didn't start off in faith. James was the brother, half-brother of Jesus. And uh, um, he didn't believe in Jesus until after Jesus resurrected. And uh, so he got to see firsthand. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 13 for just a minute. Matthew chapter 13, I want you to see something here. And uh, we're going to look at verse uh, 55, Matthew 13, verse 55. Glory to God. And the Bible says... Uh, they, they were talking about Jesus. They said, is not, is, <clears throat> excuse me, is not this the carpenter's son? <clears throat> is not his mother called Mary? And his brethren, notice this, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, also known as Jude. And two of Jesus' half-brothers wrote books in the New Testament. And his sisters, uh, plural, he had more than one. They didn't list the sisters' names, but there was more than one. Are they not all with us? When they had, uh, when then has this man all these things? Okay? So James, he got turned on to Jesus after he res- rose from the dead. Like, they, they were, they didn't really believe that he was the son of God. But can you imagine growing up with Jesus? Amen? So let's go back to James. Hallelujah. Want to get right into the lesson tonight and move with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. So, uh, James, notice what he writes in verse 1. He didn't say that he was Jesus' half brother, but he said, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. He said in verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Or consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Notice these trials weren't scheduled, but they just kind of happened. How many know sometimes things in life happen? But God's given you a faith to overcome, to get through, to gain the victory. 
Amen. It's a faith that endures. And uh, he says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, the testing of your faith works patience. You know, they test the, the strength of metal, right? And it goes through a lot of tests and they test it so that they can uh, come up with a, 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 an amount of pressure or weight that this metal can handle. Right? But I want you to know God is going to test your faith. He doesn't tempt you, but he tests your faith. Why? Because your faith is designed for victory. Your faith is designed to overcome. It doesn't matter what the challenge is. Your faith can handle it. All right? So this word count, you know, the King James says, count it all joy. Other translations say consider. All right? It means uh, this word means to lead, uh, to lead the way, going before like a chief, all right? A governor or official who leads others. What goes before or in front, coming first in priority, such as the leading thought. So when you're faced with trouble, what is your leading thought? We have to have faith as our leading thought. Amen? And too often, faith is not the first thought. It's more of a secondary thought. But we got to train ourselves to be people of faith. And you're in faith training tonight. So we, we have to train ourselves to respond in faith so it comes out like a habit. So we don't even have to think about it. And the first thing that comes out of our mouth when something comes up in life is faith, faith, faith. So how do we do that? We have to receive faith. We have to think faith. We have to speak faith. We have to act in faith. We have to live by faith. And we have to look at things through faith. Amen? And we have to agree with faith words. That means you recognize words that are contrary to faith. And you don't uh, participate with them. All right? We got to get loaded with faith. Hallelujah. When you're loaded with faith, that's the first thing that comes out when trouble happens. That's the first thing that comes out when you're facing a test. Amen? How many know it's good to go with the first inclination sometimes? It's usually the right thing, right? Yeah. So we've got to train ourselves to respond in faith. That means we've got to build our faith. Faith is like a muscle. It can grow. It can increase in size. It can increase in capacity. It's expandable. Hallelujah. We have to hear what God says. You know, Jesus trained his disciples for three years. And when they didn't respond in faith, he corrected them, but he didn't quit on them. Amen? If you're facing something and you don't respond the correct way, God's not going to reject you. He'll work with you. Right? Do you remember when 
Jesus said, we're going to get in the boat and go to the other side. And the disciples were in the other side. They had a word from God. Jesus was in the boat with them. And along the way, something came up. It was a storm, right? And the disciples hadn't been trained in faith yet. And so their response was they were fearful. Water was coming in the boat. This was a a torrential wind and high waves. And it was hindering their progress. So their response was they went to Jesus who was asleep in the boat. Right? And they said, Jesus, don't you care that we perish? First of all, if there was ever a dumb question, that is it. I mean, Jesus certainly cares because he died on the cross. He came to save the world. Of course he cares whether or not they perish. Right? Don't you care that we perish? Jesus is like, dudes, I'm tired. I want to get some rest. But he got up and he rebuked the wind. He said, peace be still to the waves. And there was a great calm. Right? But did he come? He said, why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? See, because they didn't know. They could have responded to the storm like Jesus responded, but they hadn't trained their faith yet. Okay? They didn't know. See, they crumbled under pressure. Like they, they couldn't last. If, if faith was a fight, they would have been knocked out in round one. Right? Because Jesus... Jesus was obser- observing them, and he has an accurate, right, observation. He said, oh, ye of little faith. Why, did you, why are you so fearful? And what he was saying was their fear was greater than their faith. And when your fear is greater than your faith, your faith is weak. Okay? And it's not going to be able to endure. All right? I like what the, the Good News translation says. Consider yourselves fortunate. How many consider yourselves fortunate when a test shows up? Why? That test is an opportunity to see where your faith is. That test is a faith measurement. To see if you need to build your faith up a little bit more. Or if you are where you need to be. Amen? The, the, God's word translation says, be very happy when you're tested in many ways. Come on, get excited when a test shows up. Why? Because it's an opportunity for you to flex your faith muscle. It's an opportunity for you to exercise your faith. We got to get excited about these things. I had an accounting teacher one time in community college. He said, I'm not giving you a test. He said, I'm giving you all an opportunity. (laughs) It's all a matter of perspective, I guess. The Aramaic Bible in plain English says, be very, it says, uh, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy. I'm sorry, that's the Passion Translation. See tests and trials as an opportunity to experience the greatest joy. Come on, we got to shift our mindset on these things. 
When something comes up in life, you have been equipped. God has made a deposit in you to get you the victory, to cause you to overcome. It's called faith. Amen? Faith that endures. Okay? So, when you count it all joy, when you fall into diverse temptations, that's various trials. Everybody say various trials. Let me tell you something. Your faith will work for every trial. You don't have one kind of faith for one thing and another kind of faith for another. No, the same faith works for everything. Okay? So, number one, you got to consider, you got to consider it joy. Don't let the trials make you nervous. They ought to get you excited. So I can't see, I can't wait to see what God's going to do in this. Amen? It's like Roscoe P. Coltrane chasing the Dukes. We're going to get those Duke boys. Roscoe P. Coltrane. All right, number two. Number two, he says it here in James. Know this. He said, know this. Say, I got to know this. That the trying of your faith works patience. Okay? The trying or the testing of your faith. The, the, the Passion Translation says it this way. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, set it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Verse 3. For you know that when faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. Whoo! When faith, when, when something comes up, your faith ought to get stirred up. Amen? Luke 21, 19. Go there for a second. We're going to come back to James. So just go to Luke 21, 19, and you got to see this for just a second. My goodness. Luke 21, verse 19. He says, in your patience, possess your souls. Patience and endurance is the same thing, right? Patience is is a fruit of the Spirit, right? Did you know that if you're patient, you can outlast the devil because he's impatient? Okay? So let patience possess your souls. When something comes up in life, you ought to know because you're a faith person that faith is going to take care of this. Faith is going to provide an answer. Faith is going to provide a solution. Faith is going to give me the victory. Faith is going to cause me to overcome. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how big it is. My faith can handle it. Say, my faith can handle it. Because I have faith that endures. Hallelujah. Okay? Don't get disturbed or distressed. You've got faith. Say, i got faith. Say, my faith can handle this. Hallelujah. Go to Romans 12. Romans 12. Look at Romans 12, 12. This is what he's... This is what... Uh, 
he wrote here, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Everybody say patient in tribulation. Not fearful, not nervous, patient. Why? Because you got faith. You know it's going to work out. Amen? I mean, you gotta, your faith comes from God. God's never lost a battle. God's never had a bad day. You got the faith of God. You've got the faith that God created the world with. You've got that kind of faith. Amen? So your faith ought to get stirred up to endurance. That's the Passion Translation. I like that a lot. Don't be surprised your faith will be tested. Did you know that the devil wanted to see if Adam and Eve were in faith when he said, did God really say? He wants to get you to question what God really said. Amen? But we got to know what God says. Your faith will be tested, but faith overcomes trials. It passes tests, and faith leads us to endurance. Glory to God. And endurance needs to have a perfect result so that it can do a thorough work. Your faith perfects you. It completely develops you so you lack nothing. Glory to God. Faith looks at difficulties and sees trouble and testing as opportunities. we got to change our mindset. Oh, this is happening again. Wrong. Say, I'm going to get another victory. Amen? It's a different mindset. So faith, it sees difficulties and trouble and testing as opportunities to experience great joy. Faith finds joy in the Lord. And his joy is victorious in strength. Right? He gives us wisdom and wonder-working miraculous power. So faith looks at things differently. The natural man sees the impossibility, but faith sees the possibility. Faith looks at trouble as an opportunity. When David heard Goliath talk, he saw it as an opportunity. He was like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? But, but before he said it, he, then he said, what's the man going to get? It, just, it was an opportunity for him to get a reward. Amen? So our faith can see things differently. The natural man sees the difficulty, the magnitude, and the size of the obstacle and its impossibility. Faith sees what is possible. It sees what's invisible. It sees the victory. It sees the triumph. It sees itself overcoming and triumphing oppression, and it sees the enemy knocked down and defeated. David knew that the giant had no hope. Once he heard him talking, he was like, this man is uncircumcised. He has no covenant with God, and I have a covenant with God. This man is toast. To every giant in my life is toast. You're going to be eating a lot of bread. (laughs) So when your faith is tested, it needs to stir up to endurance. 
Faith rises to meet challenges. Faith knows it is more than a conqueror. Oh, let me, let, me, let me give you some of these things. Joseph, he was stirred. His faith was stirred when his brothers hated him and they betrayed him and they threw him in a pit. Why was his faith stirred? He said, I'm going to live for God no matter what happens to me. I'm going to live for God no matter what my family does. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do my best wherever I end up. That, his faith was stirred. Why? Because when he was sold as a slave, he did not have a slave mentality. He worked like he was an owner, not a slave. And God, the Bible specifically says, God was with him. Because God is with people whose faith is stirred up when challenges come. Oh, true. Joseph could have complained. He could have whined. He could have cried. He could have plotted revenge. But that, none of those things happened because God wouldn't have hung out with someone like that. But Joseph's faith was stirred, facing those challenges, facing those tests. He didn't expect his brothers, I mean, his brothers wanted to kill him. But he didn't expect them to do what they did. But he put his faith in God, and his faith saw him through. If Joseph can do that, so can you. Amen? Come on, you got to read these Bible stories, not just as stories. These are true accounts of people using their faith to overcome challenges. Amen? Peter, Peter was stirred. His faith was stirred when he worked all night, the midnight shift, casting his net out, bringing it in, casting it out, bringing it in, and nothing, no fish to speak of. Eight to ten hours of labor. He didn't catch one single fish. Neither did his partners. And your body's weary. Your body's tired. He's not going to bring home any income. And then a carpenter uses his boat as a platform and a pulpit. And when the carpenter's done, he says, why don't you launch out into the deep? Oh, see, now Peter's first response... We toiled all night, but he didn't stay there. Don't stay in your first response. He said, but because you, because you, your word says it, because your word says, I'm going to launch out into the deep. And when they did, they caught so much fish. They never caught that much fish at one time. Both him and his partner, two boats were filled to sinking. Amen. See, that's what happens when your faith is stirred over challenges. It was a challenge not to catch anything, but Peter's faith saw him through. Why? He had faith that endured. How about the thief on the cross? There were two thieves. Jesus was hung between two thieves. One thief criticized him. One thief mocked him. One thief said, if he's the son of God, why don't he get down? The other thief said, don't say that. But in his dying breath, he knew why he was on the cross. He was on the cross for his crimes. He knew that he deserved the punishment, but in his last breath, his faith was stirred in a Savior. And he said, Jesus, remember me 
And Jesus looked at him and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. The thief on the cross, he couldn't fold his arms to pray. He couldn't get on his knees. He couldn't even go to church, but he could exercise faith in Jesus. His faith got him a place in paradise. Amen? You talk about a challenge being nailed to a cross. I'd say that's a challenge. I'd say that's a trial right there. It's more like a judgment and a, and a, uh, I can't think of the word right now. Glory to God. Esther's faith was stirred to endurance because she heard a report that her people, the Jewish people, were set to be wiped out by the hatred of Haman. The hatred of one man wanted to wipe out an entire race of people. And she got the news. Mordecai heard it. He told her, and her faith was stirred. Now she said, the challenge is, if you go before the king and you haven't been summoned, you get killed. But her faith was stirred to endurance. She said, if I perish, I perish. I'm going to risk my life. See, faith will take the risk. Faith will put its life on the line because people who have the faith know that they're going to overcome. They're going to get the victory. It doesn't matter. And that's what that's, Esther's faith was stirred. If I perish, I perish. And what did she do? She went before the king. And what did he do? He extended the favor. He extended the scepter. And she, because she took that risk, she was able to save her people. Come on, somebody. We got to get some people in Palmyra whose faith are stirred, whose faith is stirred up for endurance in the name of Jesus. We got we, we got faith for the fights. We got winning faith. We got victory faith. We got healing faith. We got overcoming faith. We got drug defeating faith. We got alcohol defeating faith. We got immorality defeating faith. Hallelujah. We got to let our faith get stirred up. Noah, he had his faith stirred for endurance. You talk about endurance? How about a hundred year building program? Huh? You, would you get involved in a building program if it was going to take you a hundred years? That's some endurance. But his faith was stirred as he saw the sin of the world and the destruction that sin was doing and the separation that it caused from God. But he found grace in God's sight. And God said, no, I want you to build an ark. He told him the dimensions. He might as well built an aircraft carrier. That's about the size of the ark. It's pretty close. One of the aircraft carriers, they're just a little bit bigger than what the ark was. But you're talking eight people. How many crew, how much people, how much manpower do we uh, use to build an aircraft carrier, right? Noah's using eight people. To build a boat that size. Because the world isn't going to help them. I don't think anybody, any, any of Noah's neighbors said, hey, Noah, what you doing? Why, why, why not give me a hammer and I'm just going to help it? No, they were too wicked to do a work of righteousness. 
So Noah had to use what he had. He had to use his family. That's why it took 100 years. But he had faith that endures. There was a a test. God was going to destroy the world. But he found one man who could build an ark of safety. And he could save humanity. He could save the animals. Hallelujah. Boy, Noah saved the animals and humanity. Why? Because he had faith that endures. See, faith that endures doesn't quit. Faith that endures, when something comes up, faith rises up to the challenge. It's like a tiger that's pouncing on prey. It rises up. How about Hannah? Hannah couldn't have kids. And that was a mark of shame in that day. Not to mention she couldn't have kids, but her husband's other wife was ridiculing her and mocking her and uh, giving her a hard time. It was bitter. It was bad. Not only can't you have kids, but then you got this other woman in your house criticizing you, mocking you, making fun of you. She's got kids, and she's like, see my kids? And Hannah just had enough. She's like, I'm going to take care of this. She didn't beat the woman up. She went to God in prayer. That was an option, right? She went to God in prayer, and her prayer was so intense. Her mouth was moving, but no sound was coming out. And Eli, the man, the priest who couldn't see, thought she was drunk. She said, I'm not drunk. And because her tenacity, see, her her. Her faith that endured rose up to tenacity. She got a hold of God, and the priest said, your, your prayer is granted. And nine to ten months later, Samuel was born. She gave birth to a prophet that changed generations. A prophet that anointed two kings. A prophet that set up a school. A prophet that trained other ministers. She gave birth to a prophet when it, was, it seemed impossible. But when, when the going gets tough, her faith rose up. She had faith that endured. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I got to tell you one more. There was a sinful woman who knew that Jesus was having dinner at a house. So she showed up with an alabaster box. A box so valuable. A box so costly. It cost a year's wage. And she showed up behind Jesus. She got tired of her sin. She got tired of of her sinfulness. She wanted a change. She wanted a new life. And she starts crying. She starts uh, washing Jesus' feet with her tears. Wiping it with her hair. Anointing him with that oil. She's investing a year's salary. Because that's how much she thought her salvation was worth. It was worth everything. And she poured that oil on Jesus and the host. He's thinking in his mind, if Jesus is such a prophet, he ought to know that this woman is a bad woman. Yeah, and Jesus said, yeah, but you've never, you didn't anoint my feet. You didn't wipe them. You didn't dry them, but she has anointed me. That woman got free from her sin. Because of her tenacious faith, her faith that endured, she, she got free from sin. She said, she, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. She left free, free of the burden of sin, free of the guilt, shame, and condemnation. Because she had faith that endured. 
Come on. Hallelujah. Mm. Glory to God. Go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. We'll come back to James, but they're neighbors, so that's okay. We're in the same neighborhood. Hebrews 6, 12. Why do you need faith that endures? It tells us right here. Be not slothful. We got too many slothful Christians in the body of Christ. They find it too hard to do some of the basic things that God wants us to do as believers. Be not slothful. God didn't make you a sloth. He made you a saint. Hebrews 6.12 But follow, but be followers of them who through faith and what? Patience. Another word for patience is endurance. What, what, what happens when you combine faith and patience? You inherit promises. Everybody say, it takes faith and patience to inherit promises. God is, God is eternal, so he gives us a faith that endures. You, you can always get fresh faith every day because it comes by hearing God's word. Right? But sometimes... Things come up and they take longer than what we thought. You know, scholars say that Job's trial took about nine months. Now, I wasn't there. I don't know, but everybody said nine months. So nine months, Job had all this pressure from his friends who were misrepresenting God. They were bombarding him with misrepresentations of who God was. God said himself that Job's friends misrepresented him in the last chapter. And he had his wife saying, why don't you just curse God and die? Boy, that's encouraging. You got your wife against you. You got these friends misrepresenting God. And you're saying, God, God, God gave it to me. God can take it away. Now, that's not... That's, that's a recording that Job said. That's not necessarily an inspired statement. That doesn't represent God. God gives and God takes away. No, God's a giver. Amen? Amen. But you've got to understand, there's no indication that Job knew that there was an enemy called the devil. Because he doesn't mention it. So, but God wrote the book of Job to us so that we could know how to overcome the enemy's tactics. Yes. And Job had to stand his ground. For all that time, all that loss that he suffered. He lost his kids. He lost his businesses. He lost his income. He lost his health. He's scraping his, his body with a pot, scraping the boils off his thing. But he's praising God. He says, yet will I praise him. He didn't stop praising God. He didn't understand fully what was happening, but he didn't stop praising God. He didn't quit believing in God. He had a faith that endured. And when it came time, God said, Job, Go pray for your friends. And when he prayed for his friends, the Bible records he restored double. So God will give you double for your trouble when you got faith that endures. You read it. Last chapter of Job. He, he got restored double. Because he wouldn't quit. That's faith that endures. All right. All right. Let's go back to James. Hallelujah. James chapter 1. Are you getting something tonight? 
We're going to look at uh, verse 4. Okay? Number one, you've got to count it all joy. Number two, you've got to know that the trying of your faith works patience. It produces patience. Why, why do you need patience? See, because the trial, God wants to develop the character of the individual. He wants to develop your character. Are you going to trust him when it doesn't look good? Are you going to trust him when you're going through some pain? Are you going to trust him when it seems like a dark hour? (laughs) Hallelujah. You you could be in the darkest place because God is the light. Amen? Amen? The question is, are you going to believe God no matter what? It's not about your circumstances. It's about God. It's about what he said. It's about his nature, his character, which cannot fail. He cannot lie. I kind of envisioned me preaching this tonight. It's not really a teaching thing. All right, verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work. That you may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why shouldn't you want? Because my shepherd is so good. He is so good to me. He provides all of my needs according to his riches and glory. He blesses me. Hallelujah. He get, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask or think. My shepherd is so good. That's why I don't want. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let steadfastness have its full effect. That you may be perfect. Do you realize all that Joseph went through was trying to tarnish his character so that he wouldn't be able to save his people? Joseph maintained his character. He had, he was falsely accused, thrown in prison, maintained his character. He, he interpreted dreams. He didn't stop using his gifts. Just because you're in prison doesn't mean you can't use your gifts that God gave you. Some people think they can only use their gifts in a certain place. No, oh. <coughs> your gifts are made for wherever you are. So Joseph used his gifts. Then he he interpreted dreams and they came to pass. He said, remember me. Two years later. Everybody say two years. years. Boy, that would have been an opportunity for a lot of people to quit right there. But they didn't. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, I will do that, Lord. So uh, endure until your, your testing is over. Guess what? There's an end to the test. Say there's an end to the test. Your test is not forever. It has a time period. Israel wasn't enslaved forever. There was an ending point. Amen? So you got to know that your test is, is going to have an ending point. So just go through it. Learn what you got to learn. Don't be like the Israelites and keep going around the wilderness. Oh, look, there's Big Ben again. For the hundredth time. Okay. All right. And then he says, when you don't know what to do, ask God for wisdom. All right, go to Matthew 15. I got to show you something here and then we're done. 
And I just, I'll give you the final point of having faith that endures. You, okay, number four is you ask God for wisdom because he has a nature that gives. Number five, you got to ask in faith, don't waver. You can't doubt. You can't be double-minded. You got to make up your mind. Do, are you going to believe what God says? No matter how you feel, no matter what it looks like, are you going to believe what God said? Period. Okay? So I'll do a quick review. Number one, count it all joy for enduring faith. Number two, know the testing of your faith produces patience. Number three, let patience have its perfect work. Don't, Don't let patience punch out early. There's some work sometimes that patience needs to do, and it's not complete yet, and you want to kick patience off the time clock. And patience is saying, look, i still got work to do. Just let me finish my work. Say patience. Finish what you started. All right? And if you don't, know, if you don't understand what, what's happening, ask God for wisdom. And number five, uh, ask in faith. Okay? Go to Matthew 15, then we're going to be done. Hallelujah. I, this wasn't in my notes. I didn't plan on this. This is the Holy Ghost. Matthew 15. Uh, mm. Hallelujah. Uh, verse 21. Matthew 15, verse 21. This is about a person, maybe just like you, that had some faith that endured. Jesus went there and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him. At least she, at least she knows where to get the answer. Amen? Saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Devils don't just come into a place. They have to be invited. They have to have permission. So whatever was going on in that house, that devil had permission to come in that house and vex that daughter. Because something was going on in that house. We don't know. The Bible doesn't record it. But devils just don't show up. They can't just force their way in. They have to get you to agree with them. Verse 23, but he answered her not a word. A lot of people would have left there. I went to that Jesus. I tried that Jesus, but he, he never said anything to me. When is faith something you try? It's how you have to live. It's not something you try. I'm just going to try taking care of this baby. No. If you, if you have a baby born to your family, you're going to be taking care of that baby. You don't try to take care of it. You take care of it. Okay? So Jesus answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away, for she cries after us. They come to Pastor Doug or Dr. Fiona. We didn't say a word. They came to Pastors Nelson and Nadine, and they said, send send them away. They're they're crying after us. (laughs) I'm just giving you some practical. Now, they wouldn't say that. That's just a scenario, okay? (laughs) So, So Jesus didn't say a word. Now the disciples are saying, send her away. But where is she? She's still there. Everybody say, she's still there. there. See, one of the qualities of faith is it refuses to quit no matter what's happening, no matter what's being told. All right? Verse 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Oh, Jesus. Excuse me. (laughs) 
Jesus is racist. He's only for the Jews. They'd have been saying that today. I mean, my goodness, you, di- you disagree with what the world is doing and they call you a racist. Then she came and worshipped him. Whoo, this woman's got some faith that endures. He just said you're of the wrong race and she's there worshipping him. Come on, somebody. She's saying, Lord. First she was saying him son of David and that's a name that he was known by but now she's calling him Lord. Her relationship is developing. Right? Help me. But he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Oh, my goodness, this is off the top. Jesus just calling her a dog. Would you put up with that? It all depends on how bad you want what you want. Hmm? I don't know about you, but I can take a little bit of this stuff so I can get the, my, my daughter free from being vexed to the devil. My goodness, you don't know what the devil would do. The devil's a a crazy madman running around the spirit naked. He lost his anointing. He got kicked out of heaven. That man's got a grudge. And his end inside is a lake of fire. He's got no hope. All right? Verse 27. She said, truth, Lord. Her lifestyle, she was living like a dog. That's why the devil got there. She acknowledged that what Jesus said is true. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs. Oh, Lord, I just need a crumb. Oh, hallelujah. Which fall from their master's table. Lord, master. She's calling him master. Then Jesus said unto her, O woman, what? 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 What kind of faith? Little faith? Weak faith? Great faith. She went from zero faith to great faith in 60 seconds. Woman, great is your faith, be it unto you, even as you will. Hallelujah. Her faith hung in there, her faith endured, and she got the end result. She, she, she left that thing wanting nothing. She got everything that she wanted by faith. How are you going to get everything you want? By faith. We got the same faith. Amen? Take great faith. When Jesus calls your faith great, you got some great faith. Jesus is a faith expert. He knows faith. And he didn't call everybody's faith great. The the centurion and her had great faith. Because her qualities, she refused to quit. She refused to give up. She refused to turn around. She refused to let go. She said, I'm going to get my miracle. Say, I'm going to get my miracle. Say, I'm going to get my healing. Say, I'm getting out of this mess. Say, I'm, I'm, I'm getting away from this pain. Say, I'm solving this problem. Hallelujah. That's what faith does. Amen. You got to train yourself to respond that way when something comes up in life. We got to speak faith, live faith. We're supposed to live by faith. Amen. Faith is not a club that we meet on Sunday and Wednesday. Faith is a lifestyle. It's how you live every day. It's how you have everyday conversations. It's how you treat people. It's how you work. It's how you live your life. That's what faith is. And we can live by it. And it's good for every problem. It has a solution, a victory for everything. Amen. Stand to your feet, everybody. Hallelujah.
We need to get some refreshing in our faith tonight. In the name of Jesus. I want you to praise God like there's nobody else in this room tonight. I want you to lift up your voice to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to praise him with some radical praise. Hallelujah. We're going to praise. We're going to lift the praise. off. We're going to lift the roof off of this praise in the name of Jesus. Come on. I want you to praise him like you've never praised him before. Hallelujah. God's looking for some faith that's going to step in. God's looking for some faith that's going to praise. God's looking for some faith that's going to shout. God's looking for some faith that's going to dance. God's looking for some faith that can't stay quiet. It can't stay seated. Hallelujah. It's a live, active faith in this place. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We got some people counting it joy right now. Count it joy. Ten. Nine. Eight. Joy's about to blast off. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Maximum joy. Great joy. Rejoicing joy. Hallelujah. 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 You know, there are some places where it says shout for joy. So if you don't have the joy, you can shout a little bit. Shout unto Jesus with a voice of triumph. With a voice of victory. With a voice of overcoming. You're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. Hallelujah. Let's lift up Jesus in this place. Let's praise the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. Be free! 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 Be free!